Hey guys! Thanks for pressing play. I'm Seb. I'm A. And we're going to be talking about cyborg babies. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I mean, well, this is basically inspired by a video on TikTok by Dr. Karan Raj. Yeah. Um, I saw this like months ago in December, mm-hmm. but it's kind of stuck. Uh, we will link the original video in our resource card and in our link tree but yeah we just wanted to talk more about that and about plastic pollution in general yeah so what is a cyborg baby seb um based on a few articles i found cyborg babies are defined as babies that are no longer made up of just human cells but instead a mixture of biological and inorganic materials (sighs) so for people who don't know inorganic materials include plastic yeah so the tiktok basically goes on and explains how microplastics have been found in women's placenta. Yeah. um, Pregnant women's placenta. So what that means is that the baby is going to be born as a mixture of human cells and microplastics. Yes. Which is like really messed up. Right. And the thing is like these women, um, well, these microplastics were found in the placentas of four healthy women and they all had normal pregnancies and births. So it wasn't like they had really severe symptoms or anything but it's just that there it's was there. plastic and and yeah we don't know what the causes are going to be but obviously um i don't think plastic plastic shouldn't exist anywhere man yeah except for like where it's important medically right you know but like in takeaway food plastic bags straws so many things that we don't actually need yeah but uh, we'll get to that more in a bit um but yeah cyborg babies I guess we all thought cyborg babies. I mean, when you think of cyborg, you might think of that dude from Teen Titans. I was just going to say. <laughs> like, wow, so cool. He's part robot. He can do cool stuff. But like the reality of cyborg babies now, it's not so I cool. There's nothing cool about that. In fact. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, um, some experts have said that, well, since this is very new, the effects mm-hmm. on babies are unknown, like A said, but they fear the chemicals in the plastics may interfere with the baby's development. Yeah, I mean, like, that surely can't be a good thing. Like, oh my god, so happy we found plastic in our baby. Like, yeah, dude, that's messed up. You don't want plastic in your food. There's you no know? way it's going to be a good and thing. And this is in your baby. No, but that's the thing. They, they said... Um, you can now find microplastics in like water. Yeah. There's also this thing where they tested the poop of several people and you can basically find bits of plastic in human poop. Now, they had like a range of various uh-huh. diets. There was no like specific diet. Yeah. Um, which is important because a lot of people say a lot of trash is getting into the fish system. So like if you're naturally more pescatarian, mm-hmm. would that lead to higher plastic content in your diet? Yeah. Um, and I completely forgot what the results were and stuff. But um, the point is... We don't know for sure how plastic is entering our system, except that it is in our food and water and air. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, yeah, microplastic can be found in the air as well. So literally, we're under threat from plastic from like everywhere. And, and like nobody's doing anything about it in this country. I yeah, swear. It's, it's so bad. Like, why isn't this being talked about a lot more? Why isn't this like the number one crisis? Right? It is the number one crisis, but nobody acts like it. Yeah. Someone said that we're at this point consuming like a credit card size amount of plastic. I forget whether it's in a week or a month, but that's still a lot. I don't want to be consuming it at all. Yeah. God. A credit card, bro. Uh. Uh. Get it here. Anyway, 
<laughs> we thought it'd be interesting mm-hmm. if we shared some facts specific to Malaysia and how we so wonderfully manage our waste. And by wonderfully, I mean really crap. Mm, yeah. Oh, but um, would you care to explain the difference between like biodegradable and bio-based plastics, if you know the difference? Ooh, okay. Um, well, I understand that a bioplastic is made out of... It's basically a plastic-like material that mm-hmm. is made from not plastic, basically. Mm-hmm. So plastics are usually extracted from crude oils, petroleum, yep. you know, and then they get turned into various types mm-hmm. of plastic. There are seven types of plastic. Oh, really? If you didn't know, not all of which are recyclable. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there are seven That's types, which is why you can't just, like, dump all your plastics into one thing. You actually have to separate and clean them. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay, anyway. And... Uh, Biodegradable is actually a very harmful because it's so broad of a term yeah, that's to what describe I've heard. something breaking down. Mm-hmm. So, for example, a banana peel you throw it into your garden, it'll break down in like a couple of weeks. It will mm-hmm. turn back into like nitrogen, other nutrients for your soil. Yeah, it'll break down. It's healthy. It's good for your planet. But mm-hmm. when a plastic bag gets dumped. It takes 500 years to break down. And when it breaks down, it doesn't break down into anything useful. Mm-hmm. It just retains its tiny, tiny plastic form. That's um, Hence microplastics, which oh, is God. what they find in babies mm-hmm. and our fish and our poop and <laughs> our air. <laughs> so the difference between biodegradable and bioplastics is that bioplastics just refers to the nature of the material. Mm-hmm. Like you can make sugarcane plastic, which is just how they made sugarcane derived they, they derived a plastic-like substance from sugarcane. Okay. And biodegradable just is this term that nobody should be really using anymore. Um, mm-hmm. Like, it's very misleading, huh? Yeah. The, the one thing we should look for is compostable. Compostable mm. means it breaks down naturally. You don't need, like, industrial facilities. Because, for example, I think some cornstarch plastics actually need industrial conditions to break down. It needs, like, certain high temperatures oh, not naturally sick. found in the earth. Yeah, like the case to five phone cases, if you guys didn't know. <gasps> Even the ones we have right now. (laughs) Yeah. Like those need to be industrially composted. Yeah, then I feel like that's not composting. I don't even know how to say it. Yeah, yeah. Composting composting should be natural and effortless. It should require more effort than it takes to... Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's marketed in such a way that it's environmentally friendly. And, you know, people... Like everyday people, the consumers, they're just looking for a way to kind of help. And when they see that, they're like, oh my God, yeah, but it's so misleading. This is why companies need to do their damn research and really think about. Yeah. This is why capitalism is a disease. People are just going to do the first, like, doable thing. Right? Whatever's on and trend. And sell it to make a profit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I didn't know survival was trendy. I thought it was just the essence of our being. Yeah. But- Guess not. Huh. But well, thank you very much. Because honestly, like, I I did hear about plastics breaking down into tinier plastics. And then yeah. there was this whole thing about how plastics have been banned. And then you see supermarkets giving out biodegradable plastic. And you think, oh, mm. this this looks pretty good. I used to And think it feels kind of nice, too, because it's really soft. Yeah, it's really soft. <laughs> <laughs> but the more you know... I mean... It's not as good as it seems. Yeah, you you could say that um, something made from cornstarch versus made from petroleum is better because, you know, fossil fuels suck. But you also Mm -hmm. have to weigh the amount of energy it took to extract from cornstarch, from corn. Oh, that's true. What's the amount of land you use to farm? 
you know, yeah. the amount of forest you cut down to produce the corn that will then produce your cornstarch bag. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm not that familiar with how cornstarch bags are produced, but environmentally friendly is, again, a very popularly used word that is very broad. Yeah. Um, so to determine whether something's actually good for the environment is, is complex and it takes understanding of how we get to that end product. Yeah, like the whole process, right? Yeah, we can't just think of how it was made. We also have to think about what we have, what we're going to do with it after, like whether it can be mm-hmm. an easy benefit for the environment or not. Yeah, agreed. So whether or not plastic bags or cornstarch bags, I mean, the best answer is no bag. Um, yeah. People need to remember that there are a lot of things you don't need bags for, like buying a packet of gum from a convenience store. You don't need a plastic bag. Slip it in your pocket. Put it in your bag. Right? People get like plastic bags. Yeah. And obviously the Kudai Runchit man is just going to put things in bags because he's so used to it. And like, yeah, no one's ever enforced that this is not a good thing and customers just accept it. But like, ah, the dilemma. Oh, my God. And then there's the whole debate. It's like, should the efforts come from the customer or should it come from the producer? Mm-hmm. You know, about like where we try to end this plastic problem. And it's like, we will need both, honestly. Yeah, for sure. Efforts from both sides will be the fastest way yeah. to eradicating our plastic problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> okay, well, I guess now moving on to more like specific stats or like facts yeah. related to Malaysia. Um I found this one article by NST. Mm-hmm. It's from last year. There were some facts I managed to take out of it, but one of them being the fact that Malaysia is ranked the highest among six countries. Oh, you've seen the article, huh? Similar. Um, among six countries, including China, Indonesia, the Philippines, Thailand, and Vietnam, in terms of annual per capita plastic packaging consumption. So basically, each person in Malaysia uses right consumes about 16.8 kilograms of plastic a year right Dude, Is it that's a year? the weight of a small yeah. child right a primary school child and like oh my god the weight of one plastic bag is like so light. Yeah, it weighs nothing. To be consuming 16 kilos, like how much are we? Right? Like water Dude. bottles don't weigh much either. How many water bottles do we have to be drinking? See, okay, and that's another problem I have with like trying to find out more about this is that how do we know what are the most commonly consumed forms yeah. of plastic? Like, is it water bottles? Is it tapau takeaway? Right. Packaging? Is it groceries? So, like, the plastic around a Maggie. Mm-hmm. A Maggie. A Maggie packet? Yeah. Or, like, yeah, like, where? You know, we should be able to identify. We should be able to easily identify which forms of plastic are the most consumed so we can start working on yeah. solutions on how we can avoid using them, right? Yeah, but I, don't I think know. I it's did like see something like that. It wasn't really detailed, but the biggest percentage was from others. <laughs> and then there was like food and whatever. And I was like, what do you mean others? <laughs> and the fact that that was the biggest percentage. <laughs> others. I was like, the least you could do is maybe put a bracket and say, I don't know, something. Yeah. It was just, oh, like 60% others. Not the best. Yeah, so like if we want to be effectively eradicating plastic in the quickest amount of time, we obviously have mm-hmm. to start with like the biggest, most commonly used ones, right? Or, yeah. you know, whatever is the most needed. But like, I literally feel drowned. I mean, we're drowning physically in plastic and I feel yeah. mentally suffocated. Right? I think I did read an article though saying that because of the pandemic, 
our plastic it's increased yeah and it's mostly yeah. come from like medical masks or, or takeaway f- plastic food containers because everyone's staying at home and ordering in totally understandable um again when it comes to medical necessity yeah, that's, fine yeah but like the takeaway stuff yeah and like surely there's a way around that because takeaway culture is a very recent thing in society like it's only lasted mm-hmm. what in the last 20 mm-hmm, 30 mm-hmm. years like takeaway culture like our grandparents didn't really have takeaway culture yeah and if so they would use like reusable containers you know yeah like that mangkuk tingkat thing or like the tiffin yeah exactly that's cute make that a thing again yeah and people the thing is malaysians only treat the tiffin culture like it's just an aesthetic but like no we need to make it more than that it should be a norm yeah and we need to overcome whatever practical physical and social barriers to get there Exactly. I just don't know why more people aren't on this problem. Yeah, like it affects literally everyone and everything. Animals, humans, trees. I don't really know why people don't care more, but like it's definitely, it exists like in our friends and our family. Very much. It's so immediate, like the lack of care, concern, knowledge, mm-hmm. because I feel like the lack of knowledge and the lack of concern are two different things, you know, because a lot of people mm-hmm. actually know it's a problem, but they don't act like it is. And it's just, you know, thought me talking about plastic all the time would have made some influence on my family, but, and, and it has, mm-hmm. but still there are some times where people closest to me still make bad decisions or like thoughtless mm-hmm. decisions that would have been easily rectified, you know? Mm-hmm. Or like they complain when they have to make the hard switch. And like, I totally, I'm not saying that I have it so easy and I live a zero waste lifestyle easily, but like you can tell that it's still a very big struggle to want to be a part of. Mm-hmm. yeah for many and i guess because like you said before some people they just kind of disconnect mm-hmm. so because they don't literally see themselves inhaling plastic or they don't see themselves eating it mm. it's just not that big of a problem you know not saying they don't care but it's just psychologically that's how they're coping with it yeah, it would be interesting to find out more about that. So like what yeah, what exactly sure. are people thinking? Is it, and I'm sure it's a mix, mm-hmm. but what most significantly and what mix exactly? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, is it guilt? Is it just, is there no way, like they don't know how to change? Or yeah. maybe Malaysians are just too used to other people doing jobs for them mm-hmm. in terms of authority, like waiting for governments to fix things, waiting for, I don't know. I don't really know what it is, but uh, worth looking into. yeah. Because I found out that, mm-hmm. so someone made a point, uh, this article said, since about 1988, okay. years of awareness programs, public forums, and quite spendy corporate responsibility initiatives have failed to make a difference due to poor public response. So it's not like mm. initiatives have never existed and nobody's ever tried. Um, there have been efforts, but yep. due to the lack of public response, so like, the problem is kind of i mean obviously you could blame corporations and governments for how the public acts and responds but mm-hmm. they've identified that it's the public that fails to take more initiative yeah um people who don't really care about conservation people don't really care about recycling and that's true like i just don't know many malaysians who care about the environmental thing mm-hmm. and there was a 2001 campaign in the like, so in Penang, their state government tried to encourage residents to recycle at least 1% of the waste they created each day. They provided recycling bins, oh. but they were misused. What? And 40 to 60% of the things they threw away weren't even recyclable. Dude, what the hell? 
But then I don't know, like who do we blame there? So did these recycle? Did these residents even know what to recycle? Did they know that's, how? That's a very good question, yeah. Because I still, till today, have learned about recycling from Instagram posts. Yeah. Like, you know, Canva infographics, like washer <laughs> yeah. recycling. And there are seven different types of plastic. I didn't learn this from my government. I didn't learn it in school. Right? Like, single-use plastics are not recyclable. Yeah. Like, you need to know how to distinguish, like you said, the seven types of plastic yeah. from one another. And then if you put like a non-recyclable plastic in the plastic recycle bin that's going to contaminate mm. the whole thing and and then that might make it all end up in a landfill anyway so yeah there's clearly a lack of information to the public mm-hmm. and a lack of an effective way to reinforce recycling yeah but like okay i just wanted to say about recycling recycling is just a really harmful thing in itself because people think that because recycling exists then plastic no, can exist like, but yeah not only does only like what what percentage of plastic gets recycled in 2018 malaysians recycle malaysia's recycling rate was about 28 percent so Ooh, not I saw only that our, article mm-hmm. yeah so not only is only 28 percent of our trash being recycled when we could actually be recycling half of our trash and half mm-hmm composting compostable the thing about plastic is that it cannot be infinitely recycled yeah so i think after about seven times the plastic breaks down and is unable to recycle or like it loses its quality Mm -hmm. and it can't be used anymore so again like we use it for like 30 seconds to a minute and it will last centuries and be of no use to anybody right you know because it's not being recycled and even if it does get recycled it's not going to be recyclable forever so we should just stop using plastic yeah like i get plastic you know i I get that it's a durable material and it's waterproof and it really keeps things sealed really well but it's a little too durable yeah and the fact that everyone's using it for literally everything yeah but here's the thing like so many plastics like plastic in the food industry is used to wrap food for like either two seconds or six months yeah because food will be opened and eaten or like dude you know like how they wrap bananas oh my <laughs> god plastic oh <laughs> my god i don't wanna there's a bunch of single-use plastics people don't realize so it's not just plastic bags straws it's also cutlery mm-hmm. it's also tea bags yeah um, cling film that's so messed cling up wrap, sandwich bags mm-hmm. um the plastic covering on your food yeah it's single-use because like once it's wrapped and once it's open you never use it again Basically, a lot of packaging plastic is single-use. Yeah, like the flimsy, thin ones especially. Yep, and they're not even recyclable. So what do you think happens to that? We hope you're feeling as stressed out about this as we are. Yeah. Because it's a real problem. Out of all the environmental issues, I think this bothers me the most because it's the most, like, obviously noticeable one and mm-hmm. the most, the least acted upon one. Right? And... The f- okay, I, I saw this thing where it says Malaysia is a significant source of plastic waste in our oceans, contributing mm. three times more mismanaged plastic waste than the United States. And apparently we consume more per person than China. Are you serious? There's been like a mix of information. But yeah, there's something like Malaysians are cra- using a crazy amount of plastic. Oh my god, it's getting worse. <laughs> uh, and... So, you know, talking about ocean plastic, I don't know if a lot of people oh. know this, but there are things mm. called trash islands, mm. um, except they're not islands. They're literally the size of countries. So the Great Pacific Garbage Patch is a swirling patch of trash mm-hmm. 
the size of was it Texas? France. There's I one think. the size of Texas, right? There's like five of them. I, yeah, I, I think Texas and France are about the same size. Oh, okay. <laughs> Wait, the more you know. Yeah, so France and Texas are about the same size. Interesting. So we have garbage floating in the ocean the size of France. But yeah, not only that, there are about five of them in the sea. Five countries of trash. Yeah. You know, white people want to colonize so bad. I think I might have a place. <laughs> I know a place. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, so literally floating trash, you guys. I was going to follow up with a... Yeah. There have been programs since like ages ago, literally the 80s. Mm. Um, but a lot were stopped in 2007 because of the public ignorance and disinterest. Uh, These initiatives have been met with utter failure says this article and i totally believe them Mm -hmm. so like we want to also talk about ways we can reduce our plastic consumption Mm -hmm. in a way that considers both the consumer and the producer Mm -hmm. so on like a consumer's end you know think about a zero waste lifestyle how many ways can you eliminate single-use plastics from your life it can be as simple as just saying no straw at a restaurant yeah or um, refusing cutlery, like plastic cutlery. You can actually now buy like portable cutlery. Um, yeah, like bring your own metal straws if you need a straw. If not, just drink straight from the cup. Yeah, you just know. drink straight from the cup. I was like, ew, it's dirty. I'm like, you think straws are clean? What? Wait, how does that make sense? If the cup is dirty, then why are you still drinking from it? Like yeah. it wouldn't really matter whether you're drinking like straight from the rim. Yeah. Okay, that that's invalid. <laughs> that's a really bad argument. Yeah. Um, so what we tend to do is we like to bring our Tupperwares when we go tapao something nearby. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we try to hit zero waste stores as often as we can, but this can be kind of hard because... And I think there's a stigma that zero waste stores cost more. But I think it's kind of true, though, for like some products. Yeah. Um, I know there are some stores that actually do mark up their prices because they do mm. want to aim for like middle to upper middle class communities yeah but then like ah, it's such a problem because zero zero waste lifestyle should be available for everybody like it's not a trend yeah if anything it should be more affordable because you don't have packaging yeah and like i i i I don't get it i do know a guy who who sells a lot of like household cleaning supplies oh yeah he's called byob he has a couple franchises in the kl area and he actually sells for cheaper um, he produces a lot of the soaps in his own factory mm-hmm. and he just brings them in like big containers and you can bring whatever bottle you have and a lot of his products are biodegradable mm-hmm. and you know these are the kind of people we should support not massive corporations contributing to hundreds of thousands of kilos of plastic per year you know we shouldn't be putting money in the pockets of billionaires who couldn't care less about the lives of ordinary people yeah exactly and it's actually really cheap. It's it's really cheap. Like, I was shocked when I followed you that time. I was like, whoa, what a bargain. Damn. It's almost 50% off normal prices. Yeah. 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 And the stuff is really good. Yeah, it cleans just as effectively. There's, like, hardly any... In fact, no difference I can perceive. Yeah. Um, And it's like, it makes you wonder if this man could do it. Mm-hmm. Why can't big, rich corporations do the same? Why can't they just implement refillable stations more and more? Right? Like, they have the resources to do that. And they have the social influence to do that. Yeah. They could put out advertisements that will convince people that this is a good thing. This is a cool thing. With, like, minimal effort compared to grassroots movements trying to haul 
and convince everybody to, you know? Yeah. And like they could make their own reusable packaging, make it look cute. Mm -hmm. Because again, they have the resources. Yep. And then that's going to like pull in more people. Because, you know, everyone likes things that look nice. Yeah. But that's the thing about capitalism and ethicality. It's like Mm -hmm. capitalism and ethical markets are usually not the same thing. (laughs) When you're too tempted by the ability to drive everything at the lowest cost possible to earn the highest profit, earn the highest revenue possible, then you're going to be cutting some corners, naturally. If wealth and growth is all you care about, which is what a lot of capitalist ventures care about, Mm -hmm. only then that's the result that we have. And it's like disgusting. Yeah. It's such a disgusting. Trash is gross. Uh, I I don't know how these people can sleep at night. Yeah, so on like, like, I feel like other things consumers can do, should do, is to demand more plastic-free alternatives. Like, I don't know how good Malaysians are doing this, but, you know, consumers have an influence on business. Yeah, for sure. Like, demand and supply. Everyone loves arguing that, right? (laughs) Yeah, like, look at... I mean, this is a unrelated example, but, like, Rihanna's foundation line. Mm. Like, no one really had a 50-shade foundation line before she did. Nobody quote-unquote asked for it. Yeah, but as soon as she came out with that and everyone was like head over heels in love mm-hmm. with the fact that they had a foundation shade that matched their skin tone. Yeah, dude. All the other brands suddenly like rushed to do that. Yeah, it just shows like they, they always had the resources to do it. Yeah. If we could do the same... We, we just need the same energy here, you guys. Yeah. Well, sometimes I just want to create like an email where I email a bunch of businesses and <laughs> demand from them to create mm-hmm. more circular products and by circular i mean like you know reusable things or like yeah. closed loop systems where trash doesn't just end up in a landfill mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. thing is there are a lot Do of you like, make like a petition how far does that go though that's the thing i guess we don't know until we try yeah stay tuned so stay tuned guys <laughs> we'll link our petition <laughs> um, uh, it's complex and messy yeah there, there's a lot of layers a lot of levels to this but the first step is always knowing what's going on. Yeah. And A, we've done that. Yes, we have. And we don't plan to stop soon because this is only scratching the surface. Literally scratching the surface of a 246,000 square mile trash island. Oh my gosh. I don't have much more to say beyond that. <laughs> oh yeah, mm-hmm. there's this one article that says recycling went up because people were spending more time at home because of mm-hmm. the pandemic. And due to that, they had more time to like process and separate their trash for recycling Mm, okay but at the same time the pandemic did also create other complications in recycling and waste management so that didn't really help offset the increased use of plastics during like the mco that's why yeah i feel like hence Mm -hmm. the only solution we have to the plastic problem is to eradicate it like yeah that's like the best option i mean obviously we have to recycle what we have right now but like moving forward yeah no need to recycle anything because there's nothing to recycle in the first place right no need to worry about trash um, like beach cleanups no need to worry about littering no need to worry about ocean plastic because the plastic wouldn't i mean apart from what already exists there wouldn't be more plastic to put in the environment yeah like whatever you throw away it's just naturally gonna biodegrade into something that's not harmful like something that will give life like Again, a banana breaks down and it becomes fertilizer for another plant. Yeah. It's like life, death, life again, you know? 
Right? Yeah. Toxic's literally so toxic. Literally. Plastic is cancelled. Yeah. Hashtag cancel plastic. We need to move away from getting so used to just disposable things. Mm-hmm. We're really spoiled about it. Like, it's... <laughs> it's hard to get away from yeah i mean like again like you've mentioned if it's in the medical field you can't really do much about that but the thing is the medical field isn't what's mainly contributing true so it's it's not the argument here it's like yeah some people did talk about plastic straws for disabled people is necessary again which case that's totally fine Mm mm-hmm and it's not like the use of plastic straws by disabled people are the ones causing massive yeah, groups of trash to swirl in the ocean. Yeah. So like, again, it's an invalid argument, you know, and the, it's the eradication of plastic with obviously necessary exceptions. Yeah. Like if there's an obvious need for it, we're not going to deprive people who mm-hmm. rely on these things. They'll be wrong. Yeah. And what, ableist? Yeah. So yeah, it's important to consider everybody involved. Yeah. But the thing is, no one's really considering the environment. And your lungs. Because apparently, there was this one um, experiment done on like rats, like pregnant rats. And they found bits of microplastic in like their lungs and their liver. So... Disgusting. (laughs) So yes. gross. Okay, well, I don't want to just be stressed forever. Um, so, like, I have been thinking about mm. uh, a social campaign, mm. which I've so far called the social experiment, which will be aimed at increasing the level of awareness of the plastic problem in Malaysia and ways we can do something about it. Ways Very we nice. and producers mm-hmm. and the government can do something about it. Because, mm-hmm. you know, everybody has their role to play. Yep. Like you said, companies have the resources to design and to implement new ways of shopping and consumption that don't rely on single-use plastic or plastic at all. Yeah. You know, governments can come down hard with plastic bans. <laughs> yeah, like it complex. needs to be like a, a complete ban, I think one expert said. Like if mm. you want to reduce, uh, he said, if you want to achieve a real reduction in plastic usage, the ban on single-use plastics like plastic bags has to be a total ban. Mm. So, it needs to be gone, period. Countries like Thailand have done it, and they've done it successfully. And Thailand's huge. And people have... Compared to us. Yeah. Yeah, so like, what's stopping us? Mm-hmm. Huh? I would like to know. <laughs> yeah. That's all I gotta say for now. Um, mm-hmm. Stay tuned as well for more updates on A's social experiment. Yeah. Sorry, I'm going to do something about it. Woo. Don't stress out too much. Remember, this is not your fault. <laughs> yeah. Again, don't try to solve this on your own. If you're sitting there listening to this podcast, trying to figure out how can I, this one person, solve this problem. It's okay. Everyone's supposed to work together. Mm-hmm. You did not single-handedly cause all of this microplastic. Mm-hmm. You, know, you did not design single-use plastic. You did not implement it in your company, mm-hmm. in your products. That was not you. Yeah. You didn't ask for this. And I feel like countries just put you under the illusion that trash is being handled, but it's not. Trash isn't going anywhere. So neither are we. And the more we link up together, the better of a chance we have to solve this problem. Yeah, totally agree. Um, yeah, Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you, guys. 
Hope you have a great week ahead. Talk to your friends about trash, you know, like... Yes. And a lot of you out there like trash-talking other people. Maybe Ooh. it's time you just started talking about Actually trash. Actually talking itself. about trash. Actual trash-talking, huh? Try that. Ooh. Yeah, we'll see you in the next one. Bye!